believe it was Elvis Presley who told us only fools rush in. And when it comes to love, I think that's some pretty sound advice. On today's case, Ms. Josenhan says that she learned that lesson the hard way when she met and then started a family with Mr. Elias in quick succession. Now she says her home and life are in constant chaos. Ms. Josenhan's claims Mr. Elias is a verbally abusive, financially controlling drinker who refuses to make a real commitment to her. Mr. Elias claims he wasn't looking for a relationship when he met Ms. Josenhan's, but says he stepped up when he found out she was expecting his child. He says he loves her, and while the situation is not ideal, their relationship hurdles are just the side effects of not knowing each other well enough when they moved in and started a family together. Ooh, that's a lot. Let's hear their case. Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Starr presiding. Your Honor, this is the case of Josenhans versus Lias. Thank you very much. Ms. Josenhans and Mr. Lias. Ms. Josenhans, you are here because you say you need help. You say you are and Mr. Lias are on different pages regarding parenting, drinking, and respect. On top of that, you say he's controlling you by refusing to commit to making your family whole. Yes, Your Honor. And Mr. Lias, you say the real problem is that you and Ms. Josenhans didn't really know each other before you started a family together. You say you're committed to making the relationship work, but you're not the only one who needs to make a change. That is true, Your Honor. Okay, so let's see how we got here. Why are we here today, Ms. Josenhans? I'm here because I'm tired of the fighting and the drinking and just the environment that my daughters are growing up in, and I don't know if there's any hope for this relationship to continue to move forward. Mr. Elias, you heard what Ms. Josenhan said. What do you say? Uh, I don't feel like I am emotionally abusive or uh, that I particularly have a drinking problem. Uh, I do like to have a few drinks every once in a while, and it does go a little bit too far sometimes. Uh, you know, I drink a little bit more than I'd like to uh, on occasion, but I don't drink every night. You know, I don't, I don't see it as being as much of a problem as what she's stating. Well, let us look and see about that, because it's interesting that you say, Ms. Josenhans, that you don't like his drinking, but you actually met at a bar, as I understand. Yes. Tell me about this meeting, because it, the meeting turned into a baby and living together and all kinds of stuff. So what happened? Yes. Uh, so we had met at a bar. Um, he had caught my eye, so I kind of kept a distance originally, and he winded up finding me on social media, and we had started a friends with benefits kind of situation. Okay, so you didn't see it as a committed relationship at that point? No, not initially, no. And did uh, Mr. Elias, was he honest? Did he say not looking for anything serious right now? He says he was. He, he would go back and forth on that. Mr. Elias, did you tell Ms. Josenhans that you weren't looking for anything serious, or were you just trying to get in her pants? What's the deal? Well, right from the beginning, the entire discussion uh, started with specifically us talking about a friends with benefits uh, situation. And I guess on a couple of drunk nights, you know, I had started stating that, you know, I was actually into her and that I would be considering a relationship, you know. But, you know, by the next morning, it was back to, you know, back in my background feelings where I didn't want to be in a relationship. And Ms. Josenhans, how does that turn into a relationship? What happened? 
while I had started to get fed up with this whole situationship that we were in and the back and forth, like he said, you know, he'd get drunk and tell me he has feelings for me and all this other stuff. And then the next day he'd be completely the opposite to me and I got fed up. And right when I was ready to walk away, about a few days after saying I'm done, I found out I was pregnant. Now, you basically were doing hookups with this guy. This was not a long-term relationship. Correct. You all did not live together. Correct. What in the world, Ms. Delias, did you think when she said she was pregnant? Well, it was after a, uh, a little bit of a spat. Uh, so at the time, my immediate response was kind of like, you know, that's cool. Have fun on your own. It was not exactly the best approach. But mm-hmm. uh, after a few months, I had gotten uh, my head cleared and decided that I was going to do what was right. And, you know, it's not like she's a horrible person or anything. And so, you know, I stuck my head in it and said, you know, I may not be ready for a relationship right now, but if I throw myself into the relationship, I know, like, you know, my, my head will come around to where I need to be to be in the relationship. So he stepped up. To an extent, yeah. What do you mean? I mean, like, yeah, he moved us in, but he still didn't, like, change his behavior as far Ms. as... Ms. Joe's like, hands, let me, let me ask you a, a, an interesting question, because you, you also have a nine-year-old. Yes. And you weren't planning on having a baby, were you? Or was this something that you did on purpose? No. <laughs> I was not planning. I was on birth control. It was definitely something that wasn't planned, but I had always wanted another one, so when the opportunity arose, I did decide to keep it. But I had given him an out in the beginning. Mr. Lyons, just just curious. You do know how to double protect against getting people pregnant, don't you? Yes. Yes. Somebody told you that way to do that, right? Yes. And let me guess, after drinking far too much, you forget all those lessons, right? You could say that, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is exhibit A that we want to make sure that folks see on what happens when folk don't take responsibility for what they actually want in life because that could have all been avoided if you both wanted to avoid pregnancy. Y'all can have as much fun as you want. You're young people. Have as much fun as you want, but not bring a baby into it. Anytime we fight, he usually winds up at a bar. Even if he doesn't go to a bar, he'll still down a whole bottle of vodka to his face. That's from, you know, 6 o'clock in the afternoon until, like, midnight. I don't sit down. But you do know that after six hours, a whole bottle of vodka, you are, in the words of my grandma, pissy drunk. So, how'd you move in together? Because y'all went from casual friends with benefits to now you live together and a baby's on the way. What in the world? To be honest, I don't know. Um, Like I said, when I first found out, I had given him his out. Um, What'd you say? I told him I made the decision to keep the baby, but I'm not expecting you to be a part of it in any way. Uh You can sign over your rights. He had ghosted me for a while, when I first found out I was pregnant and then randomly came around, asked me to come over to his place and said he wanted to try to be a family and for me to be his girlfriend. And part of me thinks of that night, though, too, because drinking was involved with that, too. He had, you know, drank in order to be able to say those things. 
But you actually, what's one of the issues that you're bringing to court? Yes. Is that you say that um, he lives the bar life, he hangs out. Yes. So you have to give me some examples of that. Just last Friday, he was supposed to be scathing and coming home, and he winded up at a bar. Anytime we fight, he usually winds up at a bar. Even if he doesn't go to a bar and he stays home, he'll still down a whole bottle of vodka to his face. There are times I found him... Yeah, that's been very few times that I've There's been many times where I found him hours. passed out in his car, passed out drunk on the floor, in the couch, Mr. Lies. half off the bed. That's a problem, sir. And that's also throughout the span of an entire night. You know, that's from... You know, six o'clock in the afternoon until like midnight, like that's, over six hours, not just like I don't sit down. But and you do know that after six hours, a whole bottle of vodka, you are, in the words of my grandma, pissy drunk. Yes. I don't think I have uh, a general uh, a problem with it uh, often. It's just, like I said, you know, it gets out of hand sometimes. When it gets out of hand, it's a problem. How does Mr. Elias' drinking manifest itself? Because that's interesting to me, because I want you to at least hear how she sees it, not just how you're perceiving it. It, it depends on how much he drinks and in what mood he drinks. If he's angry, he'll verbally abuse me. We'll wind up in, you know, screaming matches with, you know, both of our daughters being in the other room. What are you talking about verbally abusive? What does he say? He cannot communicate effectively. He'll call me derogatory names and use very foul language towards me. If we're in an argument drunk, basically it just removes all filters. So I do tend to use a lot more profanity and stuff, uh, depending on the night, if I can remember the fight or not. But uh, even when he's sober, he's called me these things as well. The plaintiff brought a witness. Is Megan Estabrook available? Yes, I'm here. Tell me what do you have to say about what you've heard thus far. He said some pretty horrible things to her, and he continues week after week after week after week to do the same thing to her. What would you like her to yes, know? She deserves basic human respect and love, unconditional love. If you'd like your case to be heard on Divorce Court, call us toll-free at 1-877-311-2222 or log on to our website at divorcecourt.com. Missed a show? Watch full episodes on our streaming platforms and follow us on social media for exclusive content. So, Mr. Mr. Elias, why do you insult her? What's going on? It's not like I just walk in the door and say, you know, something derogatory. It's during an argument, heat of the moment, I say things I don't mean and get a lot more angry. I, I'm trying to get a handle on what's being said. Well, he knows I'm on the spectrum, um, and he uses that against me a lot. He calls me the R word. It, it could be a simple conversation that we're That's having. That's not true. You're Even right. if we're not, not fighting, I do not call her the R word. Call I me simply stupid. say the situation is retarded. N no, he will directly call me. The Something artwork. tells me, Mr. Elias, someone who um, is honest enough to say that she's on the spectrum, she remembers when someone calls her the R word. Because that word is the kind of mean-sounding word to someone who is differently abled. And I don't consider it to be disabled. I said differently abled because yes. it's the manner in which you relate to the world. Absolutely. And if you love somebody, that is sort of the way you need to... Embrace them in your family. This is the mother of your children. 
Yes. Well, the thing about it is I tend to forget about it because she's not like... That's not true because you use it against me constantly. Every I, time we fight, it's got to be because of your Asperger's. You're yeah, just dumb. So she You're has stupid. You don't understand. Disease, so I don't think about it that often. So when I say things like, are you retarded in a situation of, you know, something that just sounds so asinine, the way that she thinks about the things that, like, I say something and she's like, flips the script on it completely and tells me that I'm saying something I am completely not. Don't you think that's mean? I mean, I, I'm looking at my audience jury and they're like, dude, come on. That's mean. Yeah. So think about this for a minute, Mr. Les. Just the fact that it hurts her feelings. Because if it's not your intention, the last thing you want to do is hurt her feelings inadvertently, right? Yeah, well, I feel like once our communication improves, that that'll get better, too, because, like, that's mostly in heated arguments. I don't just walk into the house, you know, on a happy day. It's not just in heated arguments. Like I said, we could be talking about something so normal, and you still will call me dumb and stupid and and, like... Okay, I say that's stupid, this is dumb. I feel like she likes to flip the script on everything that comes out of my mouth to be personally attacked towards her. I mean, I know I can be insensitive and that's obviously something that I need to work on myself. There's actually, um, the plaintiff brought a witness, um, but she couldn't join us in person, but she was able to join us by phone. And I'd love to hear from your witness so that maybe I can get a little insight into the relationship. Um, is the witness, Megan Estabrook, available? Yes, I'm here. Megan, hi. Welcome uh, to Divorce Court. Can can you tell me what is your relationship to the plaintiff and or the defendant? Uh, Sarah is my sister, and she's my best friend in the world. Okay, so you and Ms. Josenhaus are sisters, so clearly you have probably heard some of the stories that I've just been listening to who so tell me what do you have to say about what you've heard thus far yeah so i'm there when she calls me crying after a fight and he's taken off and he ends up at a bar and he gives excuses oh i just wanted wings i was just going to go for one drink but like he doesn't communicate with her like hey is it cool if i stop at the bar and she's home with the kids you know and he does talk to her Pretty meanly. He said some pretty horrible things to her. She has given him so many chances to fix these things, and he continues week after week after week after week to do the same things to her over and over and over. So I would venture to guess you don't think the relationship was going to work out. I really don't, to be honest. Like, I want them to. I want them to be a happy family. I want my nieces to have, you know, mom and dad in the house. But they should have a happy mom and a happy dad. What do you want your sister to know? Because um, as I as I give advice, I, I'd be curious. What would you like her to yeah. know? I want her to know that she deserves, at the very, very minimum, basic human respect and love, unconditional love. And she deserves that and so much more, and she deserves to be happy. Well, I tell you what, Ms. Estabrook, I think you have summarized it very well. Thank you so very much. I appreciate your insight. Of course, 100%. Thank you. Ms. Josenhans, you say that you see potential in Mr. Elias, and you clearly saw it because you did decide to move in. Mm -hmm. But you also say clearly that he is a verbally abusive alcoholic who is not giving you the level of respect that you want 
and deserve. Ms. Elias, this is the mother of at least one of your children, and the nine-year-old hears what happens in that house. She's learning that this is the way a man talks to a woman. I know. And it might be scary to think of stepping out there on your own and being a single mother again, but do you want somebody with an alcohol problem that doesn't acknowledge he has an alcohol problem who speak to you in disrespectful and mean tones, whether or not it's intentional or not intentional? Is that what you want? I, absolutely not. It's just... It's hard to let go, especially because he continues to say that he wants to try and he wants to continue to work on these things. That's true. But, you know, I moved them into my house, didn't ask her to pay for anything. Uh, I mean, she says that I'm financially controlling, That's but the on only you. thing about the financial control is I simply asked her to stay home with our baby. You know, until... you didn't just ask me. You made me feel entirely guilty about I said wanting that it would to go be to work. kind of crappy for the child to have to grow up in daycare from day one. If she wanted to go back out and get a job so she could secure her own personal financial security. No, no. She's got to secure a financial situation for both girls. Because on any given day, you might do one of those disappearing acts and ghost her for two months, exactly. like you did. So, I think, quite frankly, it's time for you to look at co-parenting, but that's on you. I mean, at some point, you just say, uh, we're going to work out a co-parenting situation, by the way. And no one stops you from getting a job. Yeah. I didn't stop her. I tell her how I feel. I don't say, you know, you shouldn't go get a job. You should no, stay No, you home. just say it's a bad idea. Uh, our daughter's going to be raised by... I didn't by... say it was a bad idea. I and expressed then you start that calling I don't them want our child being some... raised by someone else. That it lazy... would be nicer if she stayed home and watched Well, guess what? It would be nice if you spoke to her in a respectful way. But she doesn't get that all the time either. It would be real nice. It would be real nice if you wouldn't refer to things that are mistakes as retarded things. It would be real nice if you didn't make her feel like she was dumb. You know? And it would be nice for your daughters to grow up in an environment where they don't think that they have an a-hole for a dad and a stepfather. That would be real nice. As a matter of fact, it would be even nicer if you said the things that I just said to, to your boyfriend and walked the hell out. That would be nice. There's really nothing worse than a mean, nasty drunk. Look, say, so you did the right thing, you moved her in, but everything else was wrong. Doing the right thing is making sure your child has what, what they need. Right. And if you don't want to be in a relationship, then don't be in a relationship, but don't abuse the young lady. Yeah. Uh, you want to let her get a job. I mean, like... Yeah, because then that means she might become independent and she might actually meet somebody who treats her with some dignity. Right. It's time to cut her losses mm -hmm. and say, boy, bye. <laughs>